He's number one on my playlist. Let's welcome Don Potter as he comes. Oh, I hate expectation. It's always such a setup for God to really fix you good. I'm going to fix you good this time with that expectation thing. But, um, there is a lot of things that the Lord has been saying and doing. You guys are probably already aware of it. Um, I have a plug here somewhere. Here we go. Um, several things he made me drag up out of the history. Anybody having history appear to you these days? Your history, your background, your memories. No, okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> Nobody's having any history. Um, bound to happen. At any rate, I have been uh, asking the Lord, "What's? What do you? I want his. I wanted something for this church. You know, nothing is worse than showing up. I have nothing for this church. Thank you." And, but in kingdom, things are different than that. God is, is different than that. So we're learning some stuff. So I waited for three days. I kept asking, Lord, what do you have? What do you have? And it was, I'm not good. I'm not good with a day that I, and I think... Uh, I think uh, Bill Johnson said it best. He said, "If I spend, uh, you know, if I've spent more than a day without crying over something from God, he said, I feel like something's broke, and and I'm I'm that kind of." So as I waited, this is what the Lord pointed out to me <laughs> in a song. Smile, though your heart is breaking, smile, even though it's aching. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. If you smile, through your fear and sorrow Smile may be tomorrow You'll see the sun come Shining through For you Light up your face with gladness Hide every trace of sadness Although a tear May be ever so near That's the time You must keep on trying Smile What's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile If you just smile 
odd song for God to want to hear, isn't it? <laughs> Anyone feel that God is doing odd things these days? Anyone know? No. You guys are pretty normal here. That's just good. I like it. This, um, huh. Um, I have something, I think. That's very important. I just don't know when. <laughs> the story of my life. see my tuner and it's underneath my thing. That's boring. Um. <laughs> I spent much of my life being an, somewhat of an entertainer uh, when I was younger and didn't look like this uh, and when you when you think you look better you don't have a problem entertaining more you feel more you feel more entertaining uh, if you will when you get older you better be funny because ugly is not gonna <laughs> ugly falls back really fast so I went through lots of changes over these subjects and, and never could find myself um, you know whatever what I was supposed to do next, I never knew. So I was sensing that we haven't been, we haven't been, I haven't been, you know, completely honest, you know, with the Lord. But he keeps making changes in me. How about you guys? He keeps making these changes and he keeps coming. And, and this thing I was just listening to this morning, um, and that's what's happened to me. It's why I'm bumbling around now is because during the worship, he changed everything. So I'm like, oh, great. The plan is in the wind again. Um, but the um, he said his mercies are new every morning. Do you guys remember that when we were singing that a bit ago? What happens with your mercy when it's new every morning uh, is it's new. It isn't old mercy that you're relying on. Does that make sense to you? And now we're in a now you're in a time where there's you've got people who are who are hurting at this moment. We got people who are in trouble who who need, need God, not that they didn't need God prior to this, how about that? Um, but our issues are, are simple, uh, Scripture speaks of uh, David crying out to God about uh, Israel's uh, plague. There was a plague in Israel. People were dying like crazy. God, oh God, oh God, you know, stop the plague. Finally, God answers him and he says, I bring you across the Red Sea and kill your enemies and you forget me. I give you, you know, a cloud by the day to protect you and a fire by night and you forget me. He said, I kill you and you cry out to me. So we're not giving God a heck of a lot of incentive, you know what I mean, to be always there for us when we're only in need is the only time I'm crying out to him. And I'm with you guys. I do the same thing. Oh, God, I need, I need, I need, I need. And he's saying, I need. 
I need you. I need you to be with me. I need you to walk with me. So I'm, I'm said, I've said all that stuff to say, something that I don't know what I'm really saying at all um, completely. It's just one of those things that doesn't seem to have a fix. Do you know what I mean by that? Because we get in need and we try to find God anyway. And I'll try to get on with this. I dragged my blue guitar out. I haven't had it out in quite a while to play it. God instructed me to do that. So find God instructing you to do things that are a little weird. Anybody? Yeah. Um, and I've not noticed him making any apologies about that. Has anyone seen that? He doesn't apologize for doing weird stuff. And that's pretty weird, God. Yeah, that's right. Do it anyway. So. There's been a jailbreak I'm finally free The chains on my feet Have fallen From me As I escape These prison walls I see a man hanging from a cross He paid the cost Now I'm a prisoner I can't explain this mystery I'm a Still trying to be free I'm a prisoner I'm just as caught as I ever was But I'm a prisoner Of love When I look up, the cross is gone. I see a throne of grace surrounded by song. He calls my name. I can't turn away.
side said and done we're prisoners we're sort of trapped with this thing don't you think we're kind of having that moment in time I have been I have a book recently which I never promote things because I actually never remember but and it's called John it's the book of John and uh, it's I think it's well, I don't know what I think of it. I mean, I've just wrote down some stuff, and the Lord said, make a book. So I was like, you mean a book book? Yeah, a book. And so this is called A Layman's Look at the Disciple Jesus Loved. Uh, and um, and this looks like a real book. It was really good. <laughs> I'd almost think, gee, who wrote this? Uh, at any rate. A lot of it is the Lord talks a lot, if, and if he doesn't talk to you, then ask him to talk to you, but then wait for him to say something. Problem is asking him and then not waiting for him to say something. Um, and if you've got any kind of patience at all, waiting for him to say something can turn out to be tedious at times, but after a while he realizes you are actually going to wait and he'll talk right away. It increases in speed as you go. Does that make any sense to you? That means if you're waiting a long time right now, you've got a while to wait before he increases the speed of that. He does do it, and it's really great when he does. 
And then he'll talk to you when you're not even asking. Because that's basically what friends do. They kind of get jabbering all the time and they talk all the time. He likes to talk all the time. Uh, I like to talk all the time. I have to shut up so he can get a word in edgeways. But um, I've, there's a lot of things in this that John is, a, is the disciple that Jesus said that he loved him and John believed it. That's why John said, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. Uh, he wasn't saying that because he was arrogant, which was my first response. What an arrogant guy. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody knows that. You know, but he did. He actually believed it. So that's, he was one of the first things credited to him is he believed God. Not a bad idea. What do you think? Of all the things you could do in your life, how about believing him? And the Lord spoke one time and he said, I'm not interested in you believing in me as much as I'm interested in you believing me. Start to do what I say. Start to respond to what I'm saying to you. And so I look at a lot of things. I see stuff, wonderful things about healing. I see great things. I see all of this. But I somehow put it that it's somebody else. Somebody else is going to do this. Somebody else is going to get this. Somebody else, somebody else. And someone else is the problem. Someone else is the cure. I never think that I have anything to do with it. How about you guys? I don't know. If that's how the enemy keeps us distanced from the Lord is I can't be there. It's not me. It's not how I operate and, and so on and so forth. Anybody know what I mean by that? So I got into John. John was a personal thing with God, very personal because he was with Jesus uh, and one of the few people ever on the planet that was as close to him. But the most important part about John, among thousands of other things, is that he was caught up into heaven. Do you think that's interesting? and saw the end of all things. Again, I was talking to the musicians last night, and we were, what does the end of all things look like, and how do you get a chance to, to, to look at that? Vision, I'm assuming. It uh, wasn't a video or something. Or was it the real thing happening? I mean, John's description wasn't a description of something that was a little vague. I mean, it was a pretty tough, you know, it was pretty tough, the things he was saying, uh, and so on and so forth. At any rate, John's experiences are related in his way, it is we, whoever we are. Uh, theologians believe that 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John were written after Revelation. And some believe that John, the book of John itself, was written after Revelation. Uh, not everyone believes all that. There's a lot of little arguments in there. None of the arguments are very smart, but they're arguments nonetheless. It's easy for us to find an argument uh, they believe that because of John's language that he used in the book of Revelation was so much more sophisticated than his language in the book of John that it couldn't have been, in other words, he, he couldn't have written John after Revelation because he was so much wiser during Revelation. But then we have the argument, but God was talking to him. Wouldn't his writings be slightly more smart? You see what I'm getting at. And so... It does, that's a null, null and void, that kind of stuff. John's wonderful history is what we are now looking at. Now, being reminded, he wrote the book of John in 95, they believe, A.D., somewhere. He was probably in his 20s or 30s when he met Jesus. So now John is 110 or 120 when he's writing the book of John. How many 110-year-old people do we pay much attention to, much less believe? 
Think about that just for a sec. Um, and so this is an old guy writing these stories, a very old guy. Do you think there's any senility sneaking in there by chance? No. And you think about what's going on with God, the incredible miracle that John is performing by merely writing what he heard and saw. And anyway, I want to get into something just for a second. Are you guys okay? And if it doesn't get anointed, I will bail out in a heartbeat. And so um, this is from 1 John. Um, and John itself, the book of John, starts with in the beginning. That's an amazingly brave thing to do because the beginning of all scripture starts with in the beginning. <laughs> For John to pick up where God left off was a little brave. You, you get what I'm trying to say? And so the fact that he actually started out by saying, in the beginning, uh, you know, the word was with God and all this stuff that's in the book of John, I was like, whoa, how confident is this man in this relationship? That's the key word. And I think what God is attempting to do to you and us and all of us is bring us to a confident relationship in God. Not one that says, oh God, please do what you said you were going to do. What kind of a question is that? Am I making any sense? Yes, do what, you're going, what you said you were going to do. And he does wait for someone to remind him of the promise, thus the concept of intercession, which is what you're about to head into. I forgot to tell you that. Um, this church is going into deep intercession uh, uh, and will be for a period of time. There's more reasons than just the people who are ill around you, but they are part of it. And we must come to a time when we are no longer tipped over by those things. Those things can't tip us over anymore. We've got to be able to come right back as I'm confident in what God has said, and so I'm holding on to that. I'm hanging on to that. And for David to say the things he said to God, that's a confidence he had in God. Who's this uncircumcised Philistine who dares talk to the armies of the Most High God? That's a little brat, or it's a person who's confident in who his God is. Do you know what I mean? And the most of us would choose the brat concept, and we need to slap this kid back down, which is what his brothers chose to think. But instead, he did exactly what he had the confidence in God to do. He walked up to him, I don't. all I need is a couple rocks. This guy's going down. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, he didn't say that because he thinks he's an amazing person. He said that because he knows an amazing God. And what's coming to us right now is we are not aware of the fact we are serving an amazing God. Does he hear your cry? Doesn't miss a single tear. He's collected them for crying out loud. So you're not, this is not in vain. Get awake for a second. Am I, make, I know I'm making sense to you. But we've got to push through. I've had a word just the other night, just last night, push through. And I'm like, oh God, it's right. We've got to push through this, this veil of unbelief is really all it is. The original and only sin on the planet, in fact, is unbelief. Did you know that? That's the only one. Everything from there goes down. And then you can do all kinds of bad things. And we always are convinced that sin is, I did something bad. The only bad thing you did is not believe what God told you you are. That's the one mess you made is that. I didn't buy it. I didn't think it wasn't a good idea. I just didn't buy it. 
Why? Oh, I'm, oh, you know, I'm dirt. I'm just walking dirt. How could I possibly be what God has said I am? As if I had to make me into that good person anyways. Does the scriptures not say, I will make you holy as I am, says God. I am said that. Don didn't say that. <laughs> Back I'm long ago, how are you going to get that done? Don't worry about it. I'll get it done. So if God is going to make us holy as he is, guess what holiness accomplishes? Healing. It accomplishes life. It raises the dead. It can heal the sick and do all these other things. And we're, we're pardon the phrase, we're sort of stuck on what I need, not what is needed. I know I'm making sense to you, and I've been hyping and screaming lately, so sorry for screaming and carrying on. Um, John, first John, starts out right again. That which was from the beginning. He's right doing this beginning thing again. That means he's looked at the king in the face. He has seen Jesus Christ. Do you remember in Revelation where he sees it looks like the lamb who has been slain? And then he, but the first thing he sees is this man with white hair, with eyes on fire, breastplate of gold, feet burnished bronze. Do you know what I mean? I mean, think about that for a second. He's looking at that guy. And the first thing John does is exactly what we'd all do. Boosh, on the floor. Ah, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. I am dead. It's the king. That's the actual correct reaction, by the way, to the master of the universe. <laughs> on the deck. I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah, right. I know you're dead. Get up. I need to talk to you. <laughs> do you see where this is going? And so all of these things in our lives... And, and, you know, we, we've we been singing about him all morning, and, and I'm thrilled. I love it. I just, yes, I love it. Um, that which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. He is not going to, he's not playing with us right at this moment. This is about, I'm telling you about something I've seen, something I've touched, touched, and I'm something I've experienced and something my eyes have beheld. In every bit of my senses, is John saying, I have experienced Christ Jesus. So I'm not writing to you something that is from conjecture. This is what makes the Johns the important uh, books of this next season. Making sense? Paul has been a guide for the church for a very, very long time, and he's awesome, awesome. Everything Paul has written is awesome. John is now moving into the front seat, and we are about to move through what John is saying, because if we have to hear everything from the disciple Jesus loved, and he believed it. So the, meaning, the immediate thing of John is he believed it. And which we've heard, uh, man, it's amazing. So, uh, for the line, and maybe John was saying this because he's 110 and he's, everyone's looking at him like, nice talking with you there, the old man. Uh, do you know what I mean? How many times we look at the old people and say, yeah, that's, that's cute. You know, I heard that before. I love how you're, uh, Bob Jones used to do that to me all the time. You know, God is a God of love and you need to have that in us. Yes, Bob, I know that. Yes, I say it all the time. God is great. He's love. I love him too. 
And then I'd see him again, and he'd kind of repeat the same thing, and I started putting that off to old man talk. Anyone? Why are you repeating? Why did God repeat so many things in Scripture? Over and over again, over and over. He'd say it again, and then he'd say it again, and then he'd write it again. Why was he doing that? I guess it's old man talk. He's a little senile up there. Or we're not getting it. Do you see what I'm going at here? It's that, yes, you heard this, but you didn't get it. Yes, but I heard it, but you didn't get it. Yeah, but I heard it. <laughs> getting it and hearing it, don't we know that those are slightly different from each other? Has anybody felt that way before? Talk to any wife in this building. And they will tell you, I told him, but he didn't get it. Is that correct? None of you women are willing to agree with that? That's all right. That's all right. Verse 2, for the life was manifested and we have seen it. Yeesh. Wouldn't you want to have seen it firsthand? Boy. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Eternal life. Stuff gets real small when eternal life is in your life now. You, because of your faith in Christ, will live forever. And every person we are crying our eyes out for right this minute, for their healing or for their wellness or for whatever, if they're walking with Christ, they have eternal life. What are we freaking over? I'm making sense. In uh, in 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 first in uh, yeah first John verse one uh, I'm sorry verse two in the ancient roots Bible I've told you about the ancient roots Bible right I'll give you that okay. that one is the life giver was revealed that's what that scripture is when we call it the life was manifested is that when the life giver was revealed and we saw and we witnessed and we have heralded heralded this life giver forever to you. That's a good word, isn't it? That one, the Lord Jesus, has existed next to the Father and was revealed to us. Those are some strong things in the Spirit. Though that sounds like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah God's good. We might, we're, we're going to start getting this. There's a deeper revelation coming. This is thus the deep uh, uh, intercession. And the reason for the deep intercession is God is God and he's calling for it. And we can try to get out of it if you like, but we can't. It's for us and it's on us. And that deep intercession is to call the deep out of the deepness in us. Because what we've been living in is shallow is calling to shallow. And mediocre is calling to mediocre. And it wants to have a platform with which to speak its mediocrity or whatever the word is. But there's a problem with it. And one of the meanings of the word wicked is to live an unexceptional life, is to live mediocre. 
lukewarm. Did you know that? God would rather have you hate him full blast or love him full blast than he would live in that, well, I don't know, I can take it or leave it. That is not the thing to say to the king of the universe. It's either take the whole thing and do whatever you can to deal with it and go from there. Am I making real good sense to you and stuff like that? are so amazing aren't they and and how they're done how they're written how they're put together uh is god's plan no matter what we think of it and um so we're struggling now in our times because we're getting uh, more translations and more people are, are arguing the reality of scripture and as that gets argued we start to drift away that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, he's talking about the disciples, that ye also may have fellowship with us. Isn't that interesting? And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, how many feel like fellowship is actually important? Anyone figured that out? Um, there's 10,967 reasons for fellowship to be important to us, but maybe the most important part is that the enemy can't kill all of us. He can get one or two, but he can't get us all. And in when we are together, we are hard. It's a it's the it's the mob effect. It's really great. Um, did you ever see the the uh, YouTube thing? It's uh, I think it's National Geographic is where it originally came. Where a water buffalo. You ever seen this thing? where the water buffalo, a baby water buffalo in a herd, was caught by two very large lions, and they're going to take that water little baby down and eat it. Um, and so they caught it. You know, the herd's running away from the lions, and they, of course they catch the, the weakest, the, the baby, and pull it down. And then the herd stops running, and they're not happy. The baby's crying up a storm. You know, it's caught by two lions. And... Finally, the mother of this water buffalo decides this ain't going to happen. And, you know, in great fear, walks right up to this lion and gorges this lion and throws it up in the air. I mean, this huge lion, this water buffalo throws it up in the air like a toy. And the other lion backs off like, whoa, the, the crowd is going to attack. And then another water buffalo said, hey, you know, Mother let her go and do this all by herself, and she joins in. Suddenly, there's a herd of water buffalo, which looks incredibly threatening to a pair of lions. Am I making any sense? And it was, and it was. They called it an extremely unusual uh, occurrence. Extremely unusual when people gather together to fight off the darkness. That's a pretty fascinating thought, isn't it? Uh, it's the body of Christ and its fellowship should be like an army of people. If you attack one of them, it's like attacking them all. You're going to get all of them to come down on you, not just one. Is that making sense? That's the true safety of fellowship. It's what the whole, the whole thing is about. 
and so on and so forth. And it and it it means more than we can possibly imagine. Um, our own partnership exists with the Father and with the Son. That's what the ancient roots calls that fellowship. Our own partnership exists with the Father and with the Son. And then verse 4 said, In all these uh, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This is supposed to make us happy. Them, you, you, you know what I mean. This is not one of the seriously depressed churches that I managed to go to on a number of occasions. Uh, and so it's hard to, to, the joy thing doesn't seem to have as much impact. But you go to those places where everybody's lower lip is dragging on the floor, um, there you can see the life is just draining out of their very bodies. Are you noticing what I mean? Uh, because we're not getting fed from God. We're trying to get fed from the church. The church can't feed you. God feeds you. Am I making sense on that? And he's very good at feeding. He's very good at feeding. He will take care of you and feed you up there real, real good. You can get pretty fat feeding on the Lord. But what we've been trying to do is demand of something that cannot fulfill what we're demanding and as, as a people. And if you're demanding that to come from your church, you're going to kill, your own, you're going to kill the fellowship itself. I hope I'm making sense to you. Um, that our joy can be made full, your joy can be made full. It's translated in different ways. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Darkness, by the way, means unhappiness and sorrow. So God is not unhappy. That's good to hear, isn't it? <laughs> and he's not sorry anymore that he made us like he once was. Anybody figured that out? How many think that same God is up there waiting to get mad again and smoke us all? Anybody feel that way sometimes? That is not what's going on in the heavens. That is not what's going on in the heavens, just for your own um, whatever you call it. Um, light is a fascinating word. It's way back in the beginning. Let there be light, says God. Um, which is which means light means well pleasing. It means fruitful, morally correct. That's light, proper and convenient. I thought convenient. That's a that ain't working. I mean, convenient. You know, everything about God is inconvenient, isn't it? I want you to do this. That's inconvenient. I'd love to do it when you say, my king, but uh, it's inconvenient right now. Am I making any sense? That means what God is really requiring of us is actually convenient. It's just us who've made it inconvenient. Not only is it convenient, it fits you perfectly. You're not above or nor beneath it. It fits you very well, what you're to do in him. And it's morally correct. I like that part. Fruitful, well-pleasing, and proper. Uh, um, light means life. So we're speaking of all of these things. So in us is the light. That's in John, first chapter of John, the book of John. In all of us is the light of Christ, which means life. Which means no one is actually alive without the light of Christ being in them. No one. 
What about the terrible sinner? Yeah, what about the terrible sinner? The light of Christ is in that person. It has only to be called forth or uncovered, as it's called. So the truth of this harvest that's coming, it's not about trying to lead someone or trick them into salvation. You know what I mean? It is about uncovering the light they carry that's already in them. It just has to be uncovered. That usually comes by uncovering the light that's in you first, and they see it and wonder how you got that. It's pretty easy, buddy. We'll just uncover it for you. I know that all sounds too simple, but it is very convenient. You see what I mean? Uh, verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in spiritual darkness is what that means, which means in unhappiness and sorrow and ignorance, by the way. Ignorance means uninformed. doesn't mean stupid. Uh, we, we lie. If we do all of these things, we lie and do not the truth. Uh, that's its wording. Uh, the Ancient Roots Bible said, if we say that we exist partners with him, but we are walking in darkness, we are being phony. <laughs> I like that. And never trained with the true prince. What has to come to us is to be trained by Christ to walk in that kind of fellowship. But if we say, well, I have fellowship with him, and yet I am in spiritual darkness, then I'm lying. I'm, am I making sense? Thus the concept of the church, to enlighten us. To come to the time of being enlightened by the truth, so that I can have fellowship with him and not walk in darkness. Does that sound awfully elementary to you guys? It sounds real simple, doesn't it? It did me too. And I realized that am I I'm too am I going too long? Am I We gotta move along. Sorry. Um, here's the basic thing. Why did the Lord want me to bring that here now? In this place. You guys are great folks, got great stuff happening, so on and so forth. Why would he do that here? And he is saying very clearly, I want you to remind them of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you were saved by the blood of the Lamb, and you were set free by the cross of Jesus Christ. Free, actually free, thus prisoner. Because all we are prisoners now of is the love of Christ and the love we have for him and the love we are to carry for one another. Making sense? Well, we don't have a problem like that. Yeah, not yet. And I'm so happy you don't. But when that stuff starts to hit and when that anointing that's coming starts to fall, and it is, uh, and the power of it really begins to hit in a way that you can't deal with nor cope with, you're going to need this. You're going to have to remember that you were made for this and you can survive this, but it will require your fellowship and your commitment to it. Commitment to God, not to the church.
your commitments to God. He'll send you to church, trust me. Catching that? Are you okay? Father, move by whatever grace uh, you choose in this time. And make clear what I couldn't make clear, no matter how many ways I try, but make clear in the spirit what you want to be seen. That mercy that's new today, use it to touch the lives and heal the lives and move by your grace and by your spirit today. And I ask that anything that has come from my opinion would fall into the lake of forgetfulness. But anything that has come right from your throne would be etched in their hearts and they would not forget what you have said to them today. And may it be in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who is forever to be praised. Amen and amen. Bless you guys. Good to see you. <laughs> Good. I'm glad somebody else got red on that clock. Right <laughs> you know, I think the Lord uh, has been saying and just said again uh, how important it, it is for us to agree with him. Yeah. And not to be impressed with ourselves of our history of agreement with God. <laughs> the reason I'm saying that is, is because when we, when we get impressed with ourselves in our agreement with God, then we, we lose the ability to go where God wants us to go in his depth, what he wants to show us, he, when he wants to expand something, when he wants to give you revelation about who you are. I mean, it always comes back to a place that you see yourself the way things really are. You know, and, and we've said it a lot around here. The closer we get to God, the more we see that we don't shine the light of, of the Lord. That we're still operating in a way that doesn't look or well represent. And, and self-discipline is not what changes it. His presence, his relationship, so that so that our likeness becomes like his. And there's no substitute for that. And so I think the Lord is calling us this morning. I just want to put your hand on somebody beside you. You know, you got two of them. And if this is your prayer, I, I just pray that we say it, we say it out loud, and, and we say it to the Lord. And, and we say it from our hearts because the eyes of the Lord are looking at our hearts. He already knows. And so, Father, we say, say it with me. Father, we say, let your light shine on us, revealing any wicked way. And, Father, I pray right now. I communicate with you that I say yes, Lord, to your will and your way. I will not resist or make excuses for my way of thinking. This is not your way of thinking. I surrender truly to your way so that I can become a container that can hold the anointing that you want to put on my life. 
as we dismiss, Lord, this is not the ending place. This is a new beginning. Your mercies are new. We thank you for that. We pray because of the nature and character of our God and the love he had for us and shed on the cross where it was poured out in full. <laughs> we thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody sit. Amen. Why don't you hug like 24 people? Tell them God's got an anointing for you. Carry it.